Hey moms, welcome to this episode of the Dorenda Wilson podcast. I'm Dorenda Wilson, wife to one, mom to eight, nana to nine, and 26-year veteran homeschooling mom. I'm also the author of three books, The Unhurried Homeschooler, a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling, Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart, which is a devotional written specifically for homeschool moms, and The Four-Hour School Day, how you and your kids can thrive in the homeschool life. If you've read The Unhurried Homeschooler and not The Four-Hour School Day, I think you would love The Four-Hour School Day because it is like an expanded version of The Unhurried Homeschooler. So you can find all three of those books on Amazon. You can find them at DorendaWilson.com and you can find The 4-Hour School Day at any of your favorite booksellers in addition to the two other places that I just mentioned. I also wanted to let you all know that I have an online mentoring course. It's called The Unhurried Homeschooler Mentoring Course and I will be leaving a link in the show notes for that. This is just a series of videos that I produced um, talking uh, more deeply, more in detail about what it looks like to take a more simple and unhurried approach to homeschooling uh, throughout all of your kids' schooling years. So um, I will put that, like I said, I'll, I'll put the link to that in the show notes. Um, I am super excited to have my friend Sarah back again today. I had her in the last podcast. We were talking about basic family budgeting. So if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to it. It's a lot of fun. And I think there's some really good ideas there that you might be able to implement and enjoy or at least be inspired. Um, But today we're going to talk about simple meal planning. Um, I know for our family of 10, I had to simplify our meals, but also the way that I planned them. Um, I could not be reinventing the wheel every single week. You've only got so much bandwidth, right, Sarah? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. So like I said, I invited Sarah to join me again today. We've been friends for a really long time. We homeschooled all our kids from the beginning, and they're pretty much all grown and gone. And I mentioned this before in the other podcast, but there is something about walking alongside another homeschool mom for that long. Um, it creates bonds that can never be broken. And so I love having her back on the podcast because it's just a familiar, uh, comforting friend to have on the other <laughs> on the other end. So thank you, Sarah, for being with us again. Always. All right. And you introduced yourself in the last podcast. I'm going to try to introduce you. I don't have anything formally written out. So Ooh, um, test. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah. Sarah is the husband. Uh, she's the husband, mm-hmm. right? She is mm-hmm. the wife of one <laughs> for 24 <laughs> years. You just celebrated your 24th wedding anniversary. Right. And um, she's the mom of three fantastic kids whom I personally know. So I can say that with all confidence. Um, she's got great kids. And she homeschooled all of them from the beginning. And Sarah's just one of those people. Okay, so we all have that those moms along the way that you talk to and you and you look at them and you think, she's so smart. Like mm. I'm pretty sure her <laughs> kids are gonna be a lot better off than mine homeschooling, <laughs> homeschooling wise. <laughs> because Sarah's got like I I I like to refer to her mind as a steel trap. Um mm. she does not forget anything. Like I swear everything you read. And everything you take in, you don't forget and you can recall. And and I it, maybe it's just, maybe that's my imagination. I don't know. But uh, so it makes it a lot of fun because I can talk to Sarah about so many different things and she can come up with 
something she's read or whatever way back whenever, and she can say, that's very interesting because I read this or I heard, I'm like, oh my goodness, (laughs) this is so much fun. So she's just a kick in the pants to talk to. So I love having her on the uh, the podcast and we're both very practical. And so that's why I loved it when um, I said, hey, Sarah, you want to be on the podcast again? What should we talk about? And she's like, let's talk about budgets. How about meal planning? I'm like, let's do it. So uh, here we are talking about simple meal planning. So Sarah, I would love for you to just dive in and share with us what you have to share. Oh, yeah. What Yeah. What do I have? <clears throat> 20, 25 <laughs> years into family meal planning. Um, right. Have yeah, you ever done the math and, and asked yourself, like, how many meals have I actually prepared in the last quarter? Ew, no. <laughs> <laughs> I did just because it made me feel better. <laughs> I was like, okay, it's sure okay if, if I don't want to cook dinner tonight. <laughs> Where's my punch card? 475 meals prepared, and now I don't have to make one. No. That's right. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Uh, No, but I I will say that, you know, I mean, meal planning takes a lot of different forms in different seasons, and Mm -hmm. um, there is no one method that's going to work for every family, every, you know, mom, parent, whoever the meal preparer is. Um, right. There, there is no one golden ticket, I guarantee you. So, right. again, this kind of Just like goes there's back no one golden curriculum, curriculum that's going to work exactly. for every kid. That's yeah. exactly what I was going to say. You read my mind. Oh, I'm so and sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> this is why I love chatting with you. So, that's, you know, it, let's just all, as we listen to this episode, let's get that comparison game out of our head because what Amen, works sister. for one family is not going to work for yours, and that's okay. That's right. Let's, let's kick yep. that comparison to the curb right now. <laughs> exactly. All right. So... So I think the best thing for me when I approach meal planning in the different seasons, and I've done all different kinds of methods, is mm-hmm. to really kind of figure out, like, how do I how do I need to approach this season of meal planning? Because sometimes, like certain seasons, I was at home a whole, whole lot. And so mm-hmm. it had more to mm-hmm. do with, I'm only getting groceries like every two weeks. And right. so you know, that, that lends itself to a different style of meal planning than Mm -hmm. if you can, you know, like years later when my kids are a little older and involved in activities and stuff, and you're kind of doing more running around, well, then you can stop at the grocery store, you know, for perishable things or, you know, Mm -hmm. a quick Mm -hmm. ingredient or whatever. So keep in mind, what's your lifestyle right now? Don't plan Mm -hmm. requiring a lifestyle you don't have, because that's just going to create frustration. Right. Oh, um, that's good. Yeah. So I went through seasons where I did the once a month cooking, right? The freezer meals mm-hmm. and, you know, because I did that everything, too. Mm-hmm, everything had to just sort of be, you know, in the house, you know, you bring in the giant, you know, truck of groceries once a month or every two weeks. I could never do the once a month thing. That was a it lot. was just that was a lot all at once. So I did more of an every two week thing and that worked okay. Yeah. Um, but Honestly, that's not my preferred method of meal planning because I like texture in my food. (laughs) And once a month cooking in freezer meals doesn't lend itself to a whole lot of variety of texture. Um, You know, when you're cooking everything in the crock pot, it's more of one one texture of food. (laughs) Right. So that's just that's just a thing for me. But um so I, a couple of the, you know, methods I employed through the years, sometimes I would go with, um, you know, more of like a, what implement am I using 
So, you know, I'm going to use the crock pot on Mondays because that's a busy day and I don't want to do a bunch of meal prep. But then maybe Wednesdays are wide open and we're home all day. So if I'm going to make a fancy meal that takes a lot of time in the kitchen, I'm going to pick Wednesday. Or, you know, it's planning along with your schedule. That probably is fairly intuitive to most homeschool parents, I would think. But Mm -hmm. that helped Mm -hmm. me some thinking through, Mm -hmm. like I would look at the calendar and then do my meal planning. Mm, what events mm-hmm, do we have? What, you know, what things, how busy are we on which days? That would determine my meal planning. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. because those days when you're gone, um, it's mm-hmm. not difficult to put something in the crock pot before you go, but you right. generally has to have it have to have it thawed and you actually have to put it in the crock pot and hit start mm. in order for it to be yeah. ready when you get home, right? It's a funny <laughs> it's thing. It's <always> helpful. <laughs> Oh gosh. Yeah, those crock pot meals do not hurry up. Although there is, I mean, instant pots, I know people love them. Yep, that's true. Um, That's true. I can't can't wrap my brain around it quite. And maybe I just haven't done enough, you know, effort. But my brain either is going to think about dinner at 10 in the morning and put something in the crock pot or take something out to thaw for a quick meal at the end of the day, you know, or I have my short list of meals that I can make in 20 minutes at the end of the day. But that instant pot thing is like, that's like an hour before dinner. And somehow that just doesn't quite, it hasn't it doesn't compute in my brain. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I totally, totally <laughs> Too many get years that. of the other. But I know people that are super, super slick with a with an instant pot and it's great. So mm-hmm. more power to yeah. you. Yeah. That, amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So one of the other things we would do is have set nights for things. So mm-hmm. if I can come up with like three meals a week that are the same every week mm-hmm. and everybody likes them. And that's three meals a week that I don't really have. I can autopilot, right? right? So, you know, whether that's Taco Tuesday or, you know, um, you know, pasta or, you know, I know some people do like a vegetarian Friday meal or, you mm-hmm. know, just whatever it is. And it can be the exact same thing like tacos or it can just be something like a theme that you assign like, you know, every Wednesday is Italian night. But it just right. takes that much less, you know, for for – especially for people in seasons where you are in decision fatigue, right? right? You're you're deciding all the things all day long. And the last thing you Mm -hmm. want to decide is what's for dinner. Right. You know, take some of the decision fatigue out of it Uh and either assign a specific meal or at least a category of meal. Right. Right. Um, and then that's just one less thing you have to decide that day. Exactly. And it's funny that you say that because the, when we were sort of in the thick of it, the thing that I did was I would come up with all meals, breakfast, lunch, and dinner for a week or two weeks. But generally I right. liked a week because, mm-hmm. again, that was a lot of different kinds of things I would have to buy if we were going to do a huge variety over the course yes. of two weeks. So I would do seven days worth of meals, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, um, plan those, and then I would have them up on the fridge. You know, so these are our options for breakfast. These are our options for lunch. These are our options for dinner. And then I could have, you know, feel a little more spontaneous just by like the night before looking at the list or the morning of going. You know, that actually sounds really good tonight. Or like you said, you know, we've got a doctor's appointment this afternoon, so this will actually work better off of this list of choices, um, this right. will work the best right. for dinner. Right. And so that was really helpful because um, also I had kids preparing, uh, taking turns preparing breakfast and preparing uh, 
lunch and I tried to make it so that they were, they got to pick the thing that they liked to make. Um, so that was also on the list. I ha- would have that discussion with them. Maybe one yeah. of them wanted to do pizzas where you'd, you'd buy the pizza crust and then they would make yep. the sauce and put the cheese and everything on it. Yep. Or, um, you know, somebody else liked to make peanut butter and jelly and, you know, these these were the vegetables they liked to have with it or whatever. And so I just try to, as much as I could, accommodate that. And then it also made me have to think less about, you know, I hate lunches. Lunches are like, ugh. I, I just... Right. I just don't, lunch is not fun. Um, you know, it's not dinner. Sure. It's not where you can kind of, you know. It's, so sometimes also what I would do is is prepare extra, um, maybe double up on a meal um, sure. so that we could have it for lunch the next day. Or yes, have it we for, call those planned overs. Right, or for <laughs> dinner the next night. Yeah. Or the other thing was, you know, when I prepared it, I would double it and then I would freeze one, like you were talking about. So you yes. have that yes. that quick meal that, you know, when something catches you by surprise, you're like, oh my goodness, I forgot the kids have drama rehearsal all afternoon right. and I can't right. come back home to fix dinner. I have to stay because, you know, yes. you and I both live out in the country. So exactly. you don't always <laughs> get to, you didn't always get to go back home when the kids were in their activities. And so um, taking out that pan of food, having it in the right. fridge, you know, um, thawing or on the counter thawing. Yes, I, I thaw things on the counter. I know the label says not to do that, but none of us have ever gotten sick from it. So I'm just going to throw that in there. <laughs> I have also cooked chicken from frozen in the crock pot. <laughs> we should be ticketed. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh my gosh, it can that's be hilarious. Done. It can be done. Yes. All right. Carry on. What other ideas do you have here? Oh, gosh. Yeah. Well, you mentioned kind of one, which is, you know, we call them planned overs. Um, right. I know in the realm of meal planning out there on the interwebs and library books and all the rest of it, I've seen it called investment cooking or things along that line. Mm-hmm. And that's like you mentioned, you know, you, you know, make a double portion of something, which is especially easy if it's something like soup or, you know, or bases for meals. So a lot of times it right. won't be the whole meal, but if I'm right. going to cook like up like taco, t- meat. taco meat, exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. Do a whole crock pot full, throw half of it in the freezer. And now you've mm-hmm. got the base for, it could be other tacos. It could be taco soup. It could be mm-hmm. chili. It could be nachos. It could, I mean, it could be a lot of things. Right. Um, but And you can take that bag out. Mm-hmm. Right, and you could take that bag out and throw it in some, you know, lukewarm water, and it's thawed in no time flat. You know, right? So it, right. it really can be a quick meal. Um, yeah, I love that. That's a great idea. It's the base thing. I I love that. One thing I used to do is when I got home from Costco, um, not always the same day because the Costco run was like exhausting. Oh, exhausting. <laughs> but I would not, instead of putting my ground beef in the freezer, I would put it in the fridge, and the next day I would like, you know, make two or three meatloafs at the same time. You're already chopping all the onion. You're already doing all that. Why not just triple it? And then again, stick it in the pan, Mm -hmm. cover it. I'd I'd always cover it with, um, with foil just because I feel like it, it, it stays better if it's not, it's not just plastic wrap. And then you can just toss it into the, you know, oven with the foil on it if you want, or you can take it off. But um, that was super helpful. Or, you know, like you said, fry up taco meat, do that. And just, just, uh, just a couple of those things in the freezer can just be a lifesaver. Now, sometimes when um, I got caught off guard and I couldn't get to the grocery store because you know where I lived. It was a long ways mm-hmm. from the grocery store. <laughs> and I would, uh, I heard somebody do this once and I thought, this is brilliant. And this, you know, because 
we started this stuff before the internet. So the internet right. was a, you know, quite an, an interesting <laughs> new learning curve for us. But in that process of learning, someone mentioned to me, oh yeah, sometimes when I get stuck for dinner and I, I don't want to go to the grocery store, I just go in my fridge and I, you know, find some sort of meat, you know, in the freezer mm-hmm. or whatever, look at mm-hmm. what else I have. Maybe I have, you know, cilantro and I have this, that, or the other thing. And she puts it in a Google search, just those ingredients. Oh, yeah. And then recipes will come up mm-hmm. with those ingredients in it, things you can make with that. Now, sometimes it has an extra thing in it that you don't have, but you can usually sure. at least get inspired by doing that. Yep. So that's, I'm throwing that out there as one of those last-minute options if you get you know caught by surprise. Because I'm telling you, with a family of 10 Getting right. caught surprised by at dinner time is not a good thing. <laughs> no, no, it's not especially a good thing. When most of them, especially when most of them are boys. And, exactly. And they're, yes, there can be a whole new meaning to hangry. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, I just thought I'd throw that out there. Yeah, yeah, no, that's super smart. And I do remember the early versions of those, not nearly as helpful or useful as they are now, but there did way back in the beginning of the internet, <laughs> there mm-hmm. were some interesting things created like that. And I used them a time or two. It was it was fantastic to have. Um, mm-hmm. So it really is. yeah, it really it, is. Know, your, know your tools. And I will say this, some, of, I mean, yeah, okay, there's there's Pinterest and there's other, you know, internet, you know, all recipes and there's great websites for recipes. And that's great. I am, I'm a pretty hands-on visual person still. I'm just Mm -hmm, of that age. mm -hmm. And so one thing I discovered years and years back was just how many cookbooks the library has. Mm, And it's so great because they're very expensive Mm -hmm, (laughs) cookbooks generally, because they have big color pictures in them, which are, you know, costly to print. But um, but we all know that cookbooks are only going to have about three recipes that you're actually going to make. Each right. cookbook. I don't <laughs> so know why. True. <laughs> Each one. I, I, it's the nature <laughs> of the cookbook world. I, I don't guess. know why that is. Right. So you can buy another so, cookbook, which probably. by the way, I, I'm, I've been going through all of my cookbooks. We mm. moved here from, you know, from Washington five years ago across the, across the country. And I took this box full of Great. cookbooks. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I haven't opened the box since we moved here. See? What does that tell you? Right. right? It's it's what you yeah. said. It's those one or right. two recipes. And mm-hmm. so um I'm I'm about to be brave and go down to the basement and go through that box again. And maybe I'll <laughs> I'll probably end up keeping one or two. But now that sure. I know the truth <laughs> Right. I think I can unload some of those puppies. Exactly. And that's why I love the library because I could go and I could check out six cookbooks, bring them home, Uh and then jot down the recipes that I actually wanted on recipe cards and then take all the expensive books back to the library and it cost me nothing. It was great. I love that. What a great idea. Highly recommend. Yeah. Yeah. That was was super neat. And the internet is, I mean, obviously you like the hands-on and I think there's a lot of moms out there who are going to relate to that. Plus I like pictures. It's really fun to- Right, you know, to look at like what is this going to look like, and they will show that to you on on the internet too. But like you yeah. said, if you're hands on and you like books, you know that's that's the route to go. But I have come across so many good recipes online that were simple, and I think that was one thing that I'm always like mm. in my Google search is simple. Yep. <laughs> I went the right. word simple uh, <laughs> recipe for fill in yeah. the blank, you know, um, yeah. and and also I love uh, lean towards and simple. Another word for it could be like clean eating, where mm-hmm. you're just using mm-hmm. just whole foods, uh, yep. you know, ingredients. And 
there's a, a, a website that I loved, uh, spent a lot of time on uh, years ago. It was called The Gracious Pantry, and it was a mm. clean eating website. And she just does a beautiful job of really simple, simple, really tasty nice. recipes. And I still use a lot of those recipes to this day. Yeah. So, um, so no, yeah, the there, library there is, is a great idea, though. Yeah. And well, and I will also say <clears throat> library books, cookbooks from the library don't have pop up ads. Or videos this is that true. start playing without you saying anything. Yes. <laughs> like, or the so other thing. <laughs> the other thing is, oh, this recipe looks great. Scroll, 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 uh-huh. scroll. Because uh-huh. we have to read about how they felt about everything <laughs> before we can actually get to the ingredients and the directions. That drives me nuts. Right. Some right. of the places, though, now they have a like um, jump to the recipe button you can yes, click and I'm nice. like, I like yes, those. jump to the recipes because <laughs> like I'm here because I need to make food now, you know? <laughs> right, right. I can read your dissertation uh, later. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Right. Which yeah. I never will, but that's okay. No, no. Um. <laughs> so in that vein, in that vein, I will say, because this kind of comes into play when you're perusing mm-hmm. cookbooks at the library and I will just pull one off the shelf and flip through. And I can tell you in 0.3 seconds, whether this recipe or this book contains the type of food my family will eat or not. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if it has, you know, strange little things sticking vertically in the pictures, <laughs> I can tell you it's probably not my family's style of food. It, right. it is for some people, that's great, but not for mine. So I would say mm-hmm. when you're meal planning, know your family eating habits. So right. if you know that your family, no one in your family enjoys spicy food, we'll stop making it <laughs> like I, exactly. new recipes are fun. I get it, but you know, stay, stay within the realm of providing well for your family. There's a yes, time for it, experimentation when you're having, you know, a fancy brunch with your girlfriends. Great. Right. But the word <clears throat> sustainable comes to mind again. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> sustainable exactly. meal planning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So and it doesn't mean you can't push the boundaries a little bit here right. and there. I think it's okay right. to encourage you know, kids and family to try yes. new things. Mm-hmm. But they often end up having to do that when we're at other people's houses or at a restaurant or, you know, so it does still happen. And, uh, and right. like you said, it is okay to push those boundaries. I didn't, you know, with 10 people in the house, you weren't going to make everybody happy every single night. No. <laughs> and, um, and the one thing we couldn't do was the picky eater thing. Um, right. Right. I, I know that there's kids who have certain intolerances that sure there's kind of actual dietary allergies there's yeah there's totally. allergies but there's also texture things that some kids mm-hmm. there's just a mm-hmm. you know what you know whatever goes on with broccoli just does not agree with them and so it's going sure. to come back out every time right and and right. as long as you know as much as you've tried and and that's okay you know it's like I think it's important to recognize the difference between that and just having a picky eater. And and right. I mean, we probably could do a whole episode on picky eaters, but I think that it's super important for us to recognize moms that uh, we need to be careful that we're not indulging our children when it comes to only fixing only what they like and only and yeah. only requiring yeah. them to eat only what they like. You know, we had kind of a, a, a thing where like you have to at least taste it. You know, right. um, we right. make our kids clear the plate, but that does start no. to give you an idea of what's what's agreeable to most of the family and what isn't. Right. Um, again, you right. can push those boundaries every now and then. I was right. really good at hiding vegetables in things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, chopping them up super, 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 super tiny and putting them in lasagna. Um, right. You know, stuff like that to 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 just try to get more vegetables down our kids. But 
overall, I would say it was more of an eat it or starve kind of mentality. And, uh, <laughs> you know, sometimes they'll, they'll, they will push you, you know, and I remember sure. having a kid or two that would occasionally do that. And, um, and it didn't have anything to do with texture and it was like, right. they, they could get it down. It was fine. They just didn't want to. Um, and they were hoping that like the bedtime or before bedtime snack would accommodate uh, their right. hunger. And so right. I would just cover their plate and put it in the fridge. And when they, <laughs> that time came around, I put it in front of them and said, this is what you Ta-da. get to have for your bedtime snack. So yeah. there's right. that. And again, I, do, I know that doesn't work across the board and that may sound right. um, actually kind of mean, but um, my kids are really good eaters and they always have been. And yeah. so I'm thankful for that. Um, but again, well, they're, I often, think I, they're often just trying on a roll, you know, I, in my true. experience, maybe they've been to a friend's house, that friend, you know, n- announces loudly at the dinner table that they hate mushrooms. And so then when your right. child comes home, right. now they hate mushrooms and <clears throat> they didn't even know what mushrooms were in that you make all the time until, you know, this right. announcement has been made. So exactly. You know, so I think it through, moms, if, just think exactly. it through. Think it through. Mm-hmm. You try not to put an entire array of food in front of your family that, you know, someone doesn't like, I always tried to make sure there was at least an option. You know, if you don't like, if you don't like the main dish, that's fine. There's salad, there's, there's a vegetable you can, Mm -hmm. you know, you're not going to die. You know, there is stuff to eat. My, my approach to it, you know, broad brush is, um, has always been just to not really make a big deal about it. Exactly. If you don't care for something, that's fine. We don't Mm -hmm. need the town crier announcement at at the table. You can just say, Mm -hmm. no, thank you. I don't care for that. Exactly. Exactly. Moving on. Yep. You know, and and there's going to be more meals and you will get fed and it'll be fine, you know, and eventually you'll figure it out. And I think also we don't give kids taste buds enough credit. Um, I know, I have known um, lots of parents who... Their child at one point in time did not care for, say, tomatoes. Mm -hmm. And then that parent is now overly cautious about never putting tomatoes in front of that child. Well, scientifically, our taste buds actually change as we grow. Yeah, absolutely. So continue to put those things in front of them. You know, don't demand they eat them. But it's amazing what happens. You know, I had kids that liked something and then didn't like it and then liked it again. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, there's something about, uh, there's a little bit of credit given to eating somewhat intuitively, although you can't like fully give into that when you're feeding a whole family. So again, we just need to think it through. And um, honestly, there are times that it was really a matter of prayer. Lord, do I do, is this, is this something that I need to press or do I not press? And, you know, and I love, I love what you said about just being, um, putting, you know, an array of food in front of them on a regular, you know, Mm-hmm. on the regular just and then you know trying new things here and there but not every single night and and right. just mainly not making it a battle and we right. don't let them right. make it a battle and we don't make it a battle um right. we should be enjoying dinner time with our kids for the most part i realize that sure. sometimes a bit of a it can be challenging when i, I right. know there were nights at the dinner table it wasn't a lot of fun at our house and it wasn't <laughs> necessarily over the food <laughs> 
sure. But just when you sure. have a lot of kids, there's just a lot of potential for chaos. And yeah, um, but I would right. say that most of the time we had peaceful dinners, and you know, to this day, um, and we always had dinner together. And I think that was mm-hmm. something that was such a huge bonding thing for our family. Um, and and now as adults, our kids love to come over and eat together. And so yeah. it's it's more than just about just the food. It's about you know, for me at the at the moment, it's like get the food on the table, get the kids fed. But then also remember there's a um, there's something that happens at the dinner table. And so I think if we can yeah. sit down and just be present and look at the faces around our table mm-hmm. and be thankful mm-hmm. for them and thankful for the food that God has provided and and engage in, you know, fun, warm conversation with our kids that um, that's something that right. actually should be part of our meal planning. <laughs> Yeah, it should. Um, and so I'm I'm also going to put in just one quick plug for sure, families yeah. who have non-traditional schedules because that was mm-hmm. our life. Yes, and yes. It is <clears throat> if for years it was pretty easy for me to go to a, you know, sort of shame place when people mm-hmm. would talk about gathering around the family for right, dinner and how important right. that was and families who eat dinner together stay together and all the, you know, things that people right, say. Right, all the things. Because for years our family did not have that schedule, could not right, have that schedule right, because of my right. husband's job. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> for those who are in a similar situation, I would just encourage, you know, it, it doesn't have to be dinner mm-hmm. and sometimes it doesn't have to be a meal. I mean, right. it's nice when it is. I would agree that there's something special about sitting around a table together, but, mm-hmm. you know, it it can be another activity. It can be, mm-hmm. you know, family, you know, bedtime routines or it can be right. some of those other things. But um, right. So I love just that a small, small that. plug. <laughs> That's great. Thank you for saying that because, you know, I don't think of that because we had a very regular, normal right. schedule. But yeah, there are a lot of people out there who don't have that. So I love that you brought that up. And it's really about the intentionality. And, exactly. you know, and the last uh, the last thing that I wanted to mention, and this is kind of like a little, little side thing, but one thing that I, I love to do when I remember is while I'm preparing the food, instead of getting so caught up in the the actual practical part of food prep, to really just be praying, praying yeah. over the food, praying yeah. over, you know, just being thankful for the opportunity to fix, especially when I have a poopy attitude about it. <laughs> it's the best time for me to say, thank right. you, Lord, right. that I have this family, that I can actually fix food yeah. for these people that I love, you know, and help mm-hmm. us to have a great conversation over dinner. And, you know, just, I, I don't know, there's That's something good. about, because there's, like you, like we mentioned before, there's so much meal fixing that happens over the right. years. And, right. Um, right. you know, so it's, it's a way to sort of... Uh, I think it glorifies the Lord and it makes it um, that much more meaningful and takes some of the mundane out of it. So, yeah, yeah, it's a great opportunity to pause and consider lots of, you know, and especially when it's dinner, it's like close of day. It's, yes. you know, you're, you're reflecting over, mm-hmm. you know, the interactions mm-hmm. you've had and, you mm-hmm. know, the kinds of, you know, um, you know, relationship um, encounters you've had throughout the day with your kids or with other people. Right, and right. It's a great time to reflect and talk about those things. And as your kids get older, include them in the meal prep because then Absolutely. you can include them in that, in that conversation, in that reflection yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, My kids and good. I love to cook together even now, you know, they're, oh, I love that. They're, they're all, they're all really good cooks in different ways. And mm-hmm. it's, it's really fun to, you know, watch them and engage with them in the kitchen and yeah, I love that. I love that. Well, I think that's a great note to close the, the this podcast episode on. Moms, thank you for joining us. We hope you found some encouragement here. And uh, I'm just going to close really quickly in a word of prayer. 
Lord, we just thank you for this simple task that we have every single day to prepare uh, food for our kids and for our families, Lord, for our loved ones, those who live under our roof, Lord. I just pray that as we move forward in meal planning and meal prepping, um, that you would just bless uh, those those endeavors and bless the work of our hands. I just pray that moms would be reminded today of the importance of this simple task and would also be encouraged and inspired um, as they just continue uh, to carry out the good work that you've put in front of them. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness to us and just pray a blessing over every family listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 